Okay, uh, today we'll be covering 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, we'll be reading from verse 1 through verse 12. So please, uh, please read along with me as we read from verse 1 through verse 12. Should we begin? Let's begin. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the, on, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophesy or teaching? And if lifeless instruments, such as a flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is play? And if the... My eyes are getting old. <laughs> Who will get ready for battle? For with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the languages, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager to manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Today we are covering uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, almost wrapping up uh, 1 Corinthians. And today we're talking about uh, the body of Jesus Christ and we being uh, the body of Jesus Christ. And when it comes to body, uh, when we take care and when we cultivate and train, it becomes stronger. Isn't that true? Even your body, physical body, uh, you need to really exercise. Uh, you need to really work at it in order to uh, make your body uh, stronger. Uh, so that uh, when we are lazy, uh, when we uh, really uh, do not exercise, uh, we become uh, very uh, ineffective uh, and we get tired uh, very easily. And that's what happens uh, to our physical body. In the same way, our spiritual body, when we fail to work out, uh, when we fail to cultivate, uh, we lose not only effectiveness, but we become spiritually uh, lazy and even end up backsliding in our spiritual walk. So in that sense, uh, the one thing uh, the Corinthian church uh, members were doing was that they were eagerly striving, and they really wanted to use their spiritual gifts. The problem was immaturity and uh, not really uh, keeping the order in mind. So therefore, they end up uh, misusing 
abusing spiritual gifts. And today, uh, the passage talks about uh, congregation members in Corinth church. Uh, they are misusing uh, the gift of tongue. And um, my focus of today's message is not about uh, actually misusing gift of tongue so much, uh, but uh, I think, um, in a sense, if Paul were to come today and really challenge our congregation members, uh, I think we do have a challenge that we are not really actually using our spiritual gifts enough. Isn't it true that uh, many of us who've been in church for many, many years, that you um, haven't really considered finding your spiritual gifts? And I'm so glad that a few weeks ago, uh, with this exercise, finding and identifying our spiritual gifts. So maybe some of you, you knew your spiritual gifts, and maybe some of you, you recently discovering uh, your spiritual gifts. And praise the Lord. But yet, it's not just about finding our spiritual gifts, but actually uh, working out our spiritual gifts. That is very important. But I find that many of us who grew up in church, we have this, like this allergical reaction uh, because we have bad experience in the past regarding spiritual gifts. Just like a Corinthian church, they were misusing or abusing spiritual gifts, and that brought conflict and chaos. Many of us, we grew up in a church uh, where uh, somehow we experienced um, some of the uh, bad way of using spiritual gifts. We're not talking about tongue per se, but maybe some of us with healing. Or maybe some of us experience with a charismatic leadership. Uh, that God has given us amazing and various special uh, spiritual gifts, and we have to use it a proper way, but uh, many times we can also misuse and abuse the body of Jesus Christ with God-given spiritual gifts. And hence, many of us, we don't really want to delve into or really consider exploring spiritual gifts, that we just want to come to church and just worship and just participating, you know, some of the activities, but nothing more. No more deeper commitment by exercising our spiritual gifts. So misusing is a problem, but on the other hand, because of that, now many of us, we don't even use and exercise our spiritual gifts. So that's why if Jesus were to come or Paul to work to come here today, I think he will be challenging many of us, not just necessarily about tongue and prophesy, but he will be challenging all of our congregation members that we need to exercise, we need to really understand uh, what we have received from the Holy Spirit. So today's message is a little bit different from perspective that I will be talking about how do we then cultivate and shape the body of Jesus Christ. Number one, in order to do that, we need to know our shape. We need to know our shape. And actually, this model came, back, uh, came from a Saddleback model. Uh, so I didn't come up with this model. Uh, shape. And verse 1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And I hear, notice what Paul is saying is that, you know what, you need to pursue. You need to earnestly desire 
And that has to be attitude and approach and mindset for all of us. So let me ask you this question. Are you really pursuing spiritual gift? Are you earnestly desiring for you to discover and cultivate your spiritual gifts? And obviously in verse 1 it says, especially that you may prophesy here. Uh, the prophecy is not just about, you know, fortune-telling. It is based on the truth of the word of the Lord, proclaiming uh, the word of the Lord in faith, in encouraging, exhortating people with the word of the Lord. That's what he's saying. But some of us, again, it's like prophesy, it's like, you know, we have bad experience, like fortune-telling. Oh, you will become so, so and so on. You get married with someone. Like we have this idea of like fortune-telling mentality so that we, we don't want to discover about prophecy or even other spiritual gifts. But are we pursuing, are we earnestly desiring to find out our shape? When we love, we want to take care. I know that some of you, you, you are in love with your body. Right? It's just like a song. I'm in love with your body. Right? I love your shape of you, right? I think Ed Sheeran like, got a copy from Saddleback Church. Uh, I mean, but we need to know, and when we are in love, right, we want to know, and we want to find out, and we need to cultivate and build a body based on our shape. So when you love Jesus Christ, uh, you love with passion the body, of Jesus Christ. And you have this desire and passion that you want to build up the body of Jesus Christ. And we believe in all priesthood of believers that every single believer is called to be a servant, a follower of Jesus Christ. So how do we discover our shape? Number one, I mean, we all know, and many of us, we did, Number one, S stands for spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. What is a spiritual gift that God has given to you? Again, there's a difference between spiritual gifts and talent. You know, some of you, you may have like talent, like singing, music, and that's a talent. Uh, but that's different from spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts is given by God. It was initiated by God so that every single one of us who have received Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, born-again believer, that we have a Holy Spirit dwelling in us so that we have received spiritual gifts. And isn't it sad that some of us, we've been Christians for many, many years, and yet we don't even know what are our spiritual gifts. And we haven't been exercising our spiritual gifts. And just like every single one of us, we have a unique body, you have a unique shape, we all have unique spiritual gifts. And there are so many different passages talking about it, but for example, in um, verse 8 and verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another... Faith by same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophesy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So list goes on and 
And I'm not going to go over all the spiritual gifts because of which we went through. And Pastor Changsu uh, and Elaine put actually a spiritual gift inventory uh, and linked to our website. So those of you haven't done it, you missed out about three weeks ago, you can link our website and then find out your spiritual gifts. But very important principle here is that God has given every single spiritual gifts that we need as a body of Jesus Christ. We have more than enough by grace of God. Even through your small group, even through our youth group, our college and young adult, God has given us more than enough spiritual gifts. But why is it that oftentimes we always lack and there are holes? You know, I've been doing ministry for over 20 years. And I always feel like we're always, like, lacking. You know, like, and there are holes. And I do want to thank our leaders and people who are serving. Thank you so much for your diligence. But what ends up happening is that because every single one of us have a spiritual gifts, And yet, some people, we are not using our spiritual gifts so that other people end up doing more in order to fill the gap. Because body needs to function. So that some of our faithful leaders over the season, they get burnt out. And even get frustrated and hurt and disappointed. And can you imagine, even at home, you know, every single member of your family has function and roles. But if they're not doing it and mom is the only one or father is the only one doing everything, eventually he or she gets burnt out. And oftentimes we wait until like something explodes. And someone said, you know what, I'm done with this. Like, I'm out of this. Then that's when we react, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, oh, we got to step up, we got to step up. And same thing with the body of Jesus Christ. Unless something drastic and something bad happens, many of us, we tend to kind of like, kind of lean on or expect other people to do everything. And people who have discovered and faithfully serving spiritual gifts, they're the ones serving in and out and they get burnt out. Some of us, we don't know our spiritual gifts, and we need to discover. And I hope and pray the small group leaders, you know what, be accountable. If your members haven't done it, you know what, challenge them, encourage them to discover their spiritual gifts, and then you delegate and help them to grow and cultivate. That is the way that you can have a longevity and thriving small group. Haven't we seen like Maple Leafs hockey or even basketball? Same players and yet when coach discovers and identifies their gifting and then put them into right place and then team plays better all of a sudden. Some of us, we do have spiritual gifts and yet we have fear, negative experience, low self-esteem. Or some of us, we have spiritual gifts and we know it, 
And we know that we are good at certain ways and yet wrong priority. You know what, God? I'm sorry. My life is first. I got to build up my family. I got to build up my career first. What are some of the reasons that you are not exercising your spiritual gift? That's the first thing that we need to ask. Number two, um, H stands for heart. You need to monitor your heartbeat. What is making your heart like pound? What, does, uh, what, what is really making your heart really excited? There are certain things that are really exciting you, right? For example, uh, some people get excited when they see young children. But on the other hand, some of you are like, you know, I don't want to spend time with young children. Like, I don't even want to spend my, with my own children. Like, uh, so why would I come to church and like take care of other children? But some of us, like, we thrive like holding like little kids and playing with them and like leading them and making impact in young children. And some of us, we thrive when we see some of the, you know, UUPG. Like we go to mission field, like we get excited. We become alive. Some of us, we have this burden, like, you know what? When things are disorganized, you come and like you clean up and you organize, you fix something, you feel good. Now, some of us, we feel good like when we learn something and then we teach that material to other people and when they get it, like, wow, you know, that's what I'm made for. Like, my heart is like beating and pounding for like learning and teaching other people, right? It's something that you cannot even teach. Like, for example, my uh, first daughter, Haley, uh, since when she was young, like, we didn't teach her, but she just has heart for like homeless people. Like, her heart just goes out and just gives everything. Like, we haven't taught her that. But it just naturally goes out. And that's a heart. Maybe some of us, we have a heart for seniors or younger people or people who are broken, marginalized. So not only finding gifting, but we need to find where our heart is beating. Like, some of us, like, we get excited when other people are fed, right? Like, and some people, like, we may have an interest and a heart in other places. So you got to find out your heart. And number three, um, A stands for abilities, right? What are some of the things that you can naturally and you can enjoy, like applying your abilities? And this is a, more like a talent, right? There's a difference between spiritual gifts and talent. Ability can be like, in some of you, you know what? You have ability to play music. You're uh, talented. Some of you, you have ability to dance. You have ability to even cook. And some of you, you have ability to make money. I have seen some of the congregation members, like they take over like dying business, and then when they take over, they reset up everything, and they make business profitable. But on the other hand, like some of, some of the people are very, very not talented. Like, so they take over like really good business and turn it into like negative. Now, some of us, like, we have, you know, talent uh, repairing something, fixing something. I'm terrible fixing something. I'm very good at using, you know, like, certain item for a couple years. And some of us, we have a natural talent of, like, bringing everyone attention. And you go to, like, like a small group, and, like, it's cold, like, no one's talking, and you make everything smooth. 
You're talented. And this is something even like almost like natural. And P stands for personality. What is your personality? What is your temperament? There is a God-given personality and temperament that you can use in ministry. Some of us, we are introvert. Some of us, we're extrovert. We love hanging out with the people. And some people think that, you know what, because I'm an introvert, I cannot really lead people. You know what, that's a wrong conception. Did you know that so many amazing leaders were introverts? They know how to process by themselves, pray through, discerning through God. And then when they lead, they don't talk too much. But they're able to focus on what is very important priority and lead people effectively. You know, some of us, you know, we have this amazing personality of being dedicated, faithful. You have no problem, you know, serving in the same ministry for 10 years and then you are solid. In and out. Faithful. We need people like that. But on the other hand, some of us, we are very, like, you know, creative. Like, we don't want to do the same thing every single Sunday. Like, we want something different, right? So you need to do creative ministry. Some of us, we thrive inside of the box, and some of us, we thrive outside of the box, and church needs both different types of personality, and you just got to serve in that capacity. E stands for experiences. You know, God has given us experiences that God used and shaped, sanctified us through experiences. We all have different experiences. We have a painful experience, spiritual experience, past experience, failure experience, successful, fruitful experiences. We all have different experiences, and God used all of those. For example, some of us, we experience like from dysfunctional, broken families, And we have a burden of bringing healing through counseling to families. For me, when I grew up, you know, there was the first church, home church that our family attended together. I loved the church, but that church went through a split because of financial issue. And for me, that was a painful experience. For me, it is my policy. You know what? I don't want to get involved with the finance. And as you know, my sister was an accountant who's very good at finance, but I told her, you never get involved with our church finance. <laughs> but my painful past experience. Some of us, we have amazing experience, but also some of us, we have experience of getting hurt. Some of us, we have experience through abuse, oppression. And so we have this hard, like experience that we are called into justice ministry and compassion ministry. And God used all of those through our shape. So not only our spiritual gifts, but our heart abilities and our personality and our experiences. And through that shape, God utilized our ability. For example, let me use that experience. Uh, you know, some of us, we are spiritually gifted in leadership and evangelism. And yet we have a heart for children. 
And then we have ability to dance. And our personality is creativity. And then we have experience with orphans. Then what do we do? Go and then make children's ministry, dance ministry for orphans. And that's what we do. And some of us, we have a you know, spiritual gifting of serving. And yet, you know, we get excited about like good praise. Good praise and good choir. But unfortunately, your talent is not singing. Whenever you sing, you're up tune and out of beat and, you know, like out of tune. But you know how to cook. Then you serve for praise and cooking for them. And some of people go to missions, but they don't know how to really articulate their faith and they're good at fixing things, repairing things. You know, I saw we have some of the congregation members going to South America, and for entire week, they fixed entire mission center for missionary because he didn't know how to fix things, and he was struggling and couldn't even survive, and going there and fixing the playground and fixing the classroom, and that's a missions. You know, we always typecast like a certain way of serving the Lord, and yet we are shaped in so many different ways. Isn't that true? Even applying to your children. God has shaped your children differently in a unique way, but so many of us, we try to fit our children into this mold of certain way, and we try to fit in to be something else. In the same way, God has given us uniquely. He shaped us and he wants to mold us through spiritual gifting, our heart, and our personality, our ability, and experiences. So let me ask you this question. What is your shape? Do you even know your shape? And are you shaping your body based on your shape? Secondly, not only shaping, but also we need to sharpen the body, sharpening your shape. So when it comes to spiritual gifts and ability, you got to train, you got to cultivate, you got to cultivate so that it will be effective, it will be sharp. Coming back to today's passage in verse 18 and verse 19, it says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So again, this principle applies in other spiritual gifting as well. What Paul is saying, you know what? I can speak tongue more than you. But I know the context when I'm with people and based on that, I know how to control. And that's a maturity is we got to learn how to cultivate and sharpen so that we are able to control. When you're spending time with a baby, you know, sometimes they want to show their affection to their mom or even uncle. What do they do? Like they want to touch there and they end up like punching or like hitting so hard. Why? It's not that like baby wants to hit, but just cannot control like the strength. Sometimes we don't know how to control our strength and the context of it. You know, same thing, whether we receive a gift of tongue or a gift of leadership, we got to know our context and control and cultivate so that we know how much to exercise in certain relationships. 
And that's what wisdom and maturity is all about. So how do we sharpen? How do we sharpen? Let me share with you three things today. Uh, it comes down to three Ps. So shape was uh, borrowed by Saddleback, but P is something that I just had to kind of make up. So P first stands for purpose. You got to know the purpose. So purpose, you got to know the purpose of your spiritual gift. In verse 3 to verse 4, it says, on the, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their up." building encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one prophesies builds up the church. So the purpose of spiritual gifts is very clear. It's about building up. It's about edifying. So to say it in a negative way, brothers and sisters, it's not about you. That's why he's saying. Spiritual gift is not about you. It's not about your self-worth. And you know what? Bible is very clear. God loves you no matter what. God loves you not because of your spiritual gifting, but God loves you because you are the precious children of God. God doesn't love you more or love you less based on your spiritual gifting. But God loves you and God wants to use you. And God wants to uh, cultivate your the calling and purpose so that when we know this purpose and serve, when we meet God face to face, then God is going to say, what have you done with the shape? What have you done with the spiritual gifting and purpose of your life? And many of us, what we will say, sorry God, you know what, I've been bearing it. I've been hiding it. I've been so busy with many other things. And God will say, you lazy, wicked servant. But on the other hand, those of us who cultivate our, our shape and exercise and knowing the purpose, when we meet God face to face, and God will say, well done, my faithful child. So you got to know this purpose. When you exercise, when you discover your spiritual gifting, not only that, number two, it's about Priority. What is the priority? And Paul is saying in verse 9, So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. What he's saying is that even edifying, there's a priority. you got to pursue what edifies group, what edifies church, what edifies the body of Jesus Christ more than edifying yourself. That is the priority. So the character and love is very important. That's why Paul talks about spiritual gifting in chapter 12 and chapter 14, but as a sandwich, right in the middle, as a core, he talks about love. you got to have a love and character of Jesus Christ to bring spiritual gifts together. And that is the priority. And love and character builds, and we are able to exercise spiritual gifts. So he's talking about tongue here, but not only applying to tongue, but even spiritual gifting in other places as well. You know, when I was um, going through training with the preaching, preaching class, there are very, very important principles. Number one, you need to preach from the text. You need to know the word of the Lord. And that is the number one priority. But also, another priority is this. You got to communicate with people. 
And there are times that we do omega preaching. Have you heard of omega preaching? Like omega, it's like omega preaching. It's like way over your head preaching. So I may have like passion and I may have like this zeal, but like if I'm not really connecting with you, that's called omega preaching. And omega is like good for your body when it comes to like, you know, healthy pill. But many of us, like even when we do small group, when we lead praise, sometimes we are doing our passion. Like we're so passionate. Like some of you are gifted and passionate about leading prayer. But you're leading with prayer, like who never done prayer before. Who never came out to prayer meeting and it's like, let's pray. And like for 30 minutes you're praying. Like, but everyone's like looking at it. That's omega prayer leading. Some of us, like, we're passionate about discipleship so that you are life group leaders and you're bringing young people and then you are doing two hours of, of exegetical Bible study teaching. That's omega teaching. You got to know the context and you got to meet where they are. And that's what Paul is saying. You know what? I can speak in tongue, but I would rather speak five words that people understand. That's a context, a priority. But not only priority of gifting, but also priority of your life. I know that some of you, the priority is not necessarily serving the Lord or shaping your body in this juncture of your life. And I understand there's a priority, and even with the life stage, I know that some of you, you're gifted and you've been serving so faithfully, and you're going through the seasons where that God has blessed you with the children, infants. You used to come out to church like three days and four days a week, but now because of infants, you cannot come out. You know what? Stay home. You, gotta, you can cultivate and you can exercise your gifts at home too. And I know that some of you, as your children are going to full-time school, and you are coming out and serving other people in community, praise the Lord. There's a priority in different life stage. If you are students, there's a priority, and there are ways that you can cultivate. And if you are young students and young adults, you know what? Give it a try. And you don't need to give it a try in like in main sanctuary, but you can give it a try in small group, young adult group, high C, even your small group. And you exercise and prioritize the order and how you can cultivate your spiritual gifts so that you know what you are good at. You know that what, is, what you are gifted at. I remember um, you know, one of the pastors who mentored me, uh, Pastor Keith, when I was in 20, he said, you know what, Jason? You know what? When you're 20, when you're intern, just do everything. <laughs> try everything, even, think, even though you think that you're not good at it. Just try everything. So at least you know you're not good at it and you don't waste your time later when you're 40 and 50. I think that's very wise. Try everything. If you're bad, then you know it. If you're good at it, you cultivate. So we got to know our priority. And lastly, it's about proper usage, right? Proper usage. Not only knowing the purpose and knowing the priority, but we got to use it properly, right? We got to sharpen, but when we sharpen, we got to use it properly. And that's what church is all about. Right? We're teaching people to use properly. And some of the young people, you know, we have passion and we have like this like eager and heartbeat. You know what? Praise the Lord. 
And sometimes I remember, like, when I was in high school, like, I used to be so passionate about leading praise and, like, having rally and, like, you know, I... I would come out to church, I would live at church, like so passionate, wanting to do everything, like conquer the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? But I had to learn how to wait. There are times that I need to kind of wait for my turn, you know, wait for other people to say, why? Because you got to learn how to use properly. Like when you go to hospital, you know, they don't give you a knife right away. You got to be trained. To, to do how to surgery, you got to sit in as an intern, residency, and to hold a knife. I'm not just talking about hospital. Like, even when you go to sushi bar, like, they don't give you a knife. They learn how to, like, even fry, like, tempura or something like that. Like, you got you to gotta have, like, proper usage, proper timing. So that we benefit but last, not only shaping our body and sharpening, but we got to share. You know what? You become fullest when you share. When you share, that's when you grow so much. And even for me, you know, when I go to conference, you know, certain conferences, that they've invited not just me as a pastor, but like speaker, but like five, six different speakers. But whenever I go there, even though I don't preach for an entire, you know what, like, I love it. Why? Because I get to listen to other speakers. I get to listen to other preachers. You know what? And that motivates me. That sharpens me. Like, I get pumped up. You know what? I want to grow. But I'm not just talking about pastors, but even small group, like leading. When you go visit other small groups, you get challenged. You learn what are some other people doing and how they're growing, what they're struggling You. Learn from their experience. I even heard like some of the members like go to kitchen and serve. Like they learn new recipe. <laughs> like as they share, as they serve together, partner together, they learn from one another. It become fullest. That's why you know serving alone, lone danger. Even if you're very good at spiritual gifted, you have a heart passion. But if you're serving all alone, not sharing, you will be stuck and you will be stagnated. But God has given us a body of Jesus Christ to shape, sharpen, and share. So that when we do that, we not only grow and be fulfilled and having this purpose of God, but you know what? The body of Jesus Christ has become so strong. There are seasons where we become weak, and there are seasons where we go through different struggles. You know what? We had budget retreat Friday to Saturday. And our downtown, because of church plant, you know, some of the core group people left and people transitioned out. So they're like, you know, financially this year was minus. But praise the Lord, like our Mississauga and our uptown, we grew. And we were able to just fill in, you know, their financial gap. I remember downtown when they were growing and striving, they planted uptown. Like that's what body of Jesus Christ is. So that we serve one another. When someone is struggling, we go and we contribute and we cover for one another. And when the other person is struggling, that's when we recover. And we have 
amazing congregation members. You know what? Even more than 15 years. But you know what? I've been here for 15 years. And I can see some of our members like who've been serving for faithfully 15 years. And I can see some of them, you know, and they've been holding the fort. And it would be nice if someone who has a spiritual gift or have the same heart can step up a little bit and just walk together. So that we don't need to get burnt out. We don't need to get jaded. But we become so fruitful and vibrant body of Jesus Christ. And that's what, if Paul were to come today, I believe that he is going to, he were to challenge. I don't think he will be just talking about tongue and say in tongue or not to say in tongue, but the heart of today's passage is really about us to really exercise our spiritual gift in a godly way and grow and build up the body of Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, let's pray together. And God is calling us to build our body and shape our body healthy. So as we spend some time, do you know your shape? Are you shaping your shape? Are you growing, serving with God-given spiritual gifts and heart and passion, ability, talent, personality experiences? If you haven't, if your priority and the purpose of your life was not necessarily serving the Lord and as a follower and disciple of Jesus Christ, maybe this is the day. And before we wrap up year 2019, you know what? How appropriate for us, you know, as we anticipate for 2020. Let's really come up with this new heart. God, I want to serve you. I want to really glorify you. Well, whatever that you have given to me. So let's pray based on that. Parents, you can pray. You know what? What is God? What is the shape of my children? How can I best raise and challenge my children to grow, honoring you in that shape? Young adults, you know what? If God is opening the door, you know what? Go for it. Don't be too afraid. You got to give it a try to know your shape. So whatever the Holy Spirit is convicting our heart, let's just really uh, respond uh, before the Lord through prayer. Let's pray.